Longhorn fans, Sooner Nation, welcome back. Episode 7, the only podcast dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma, the University of Texas. I'm here with Kevin Miller sporting a charcoal gray Texas t-shirt. Yes, I have to represent. I love I love the charcoal gray. I hate the burnt orange, but Fair I enough. love uh, charcoal gray to me is the new black. Yeah. Um, Alice has a charcoal gray car, and I freaking love it. Oh, yeah, it's sweet. It's got the little matte finish, too. Yes. Yeah, sweet, for sure. Yeah, well, shout out to Casey, my wife, for, for getting me this. So she Casey, the wife, she got did. you the charcoal gray? You know, surprisingly, we're, we're pretty cordial when it comes to that. I bought her, I bought her several... OU stuff, so we, we kind of, I know, man, love when you do crazy things, right? It seems pretty weird. Kevin, as of today, this taping, we have found out that the University of Southern California and the University of California at Los Angeles will be a member of the, will be members of the Big Ten Conference as early as 2024. What does this mean to Texas? And what does this mean to Oklahoma? What do you think? I mean, I think it's exciting. You know, all this realignment stuff, it makes you a little uneasy to think about where things are going to end up, but it's fun. I mean, I can go for seeing USC play against Ohio State every year or every other year, however, however it works out. As an Oklahoma fan, and I'm sure you feel the same way, are you not happy that we made this move when we made the move, yeah, absolutely. Came that we're right not time. playing. If we were having to play catch up to this, it would be very concerning. Yeah, future is secure here. But my my thought, as I look out of the horizon of college football, who who are we missing from being able to combine these two conferences into a super league? I mean, maybe a, a Clemson. Some of you know a few programs like that, Miami, if they you know get it right with Mario Cristobal. But I, I mean, I, oh, there's just a few out there. Maybe you take an Oregon. I listen. We're in the inner circle, right? OU and Texas right. is we're in the we're in the sanctum now, right. and it and yeah. it feels great. And we can look down our noses, and I think we should. I I think maybe Clemson. Clemson has an argument, and of course Notre Dame will be and wanted to be invited to the party. Yeah, but outside of Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida State hasn't been relevant in years. Miami hasn't been relevant in years. Oregon might want a piece of it, but outside those four or five teams, we are very, very close to a super league. Yeah, you can feel it happening already. Yeah, I don't know how it's how exactly it's going to look, but it's the framework I, is definitely I, there. I mean, just the numbers alone, Kevin, you've got 30, you'll have in 2024, hopefully we're both, hopefully we're in the SEC, they're in the Big Ten, 2024, you'll have 32 teams between those two conferences. Yeah. I mean, that's the NFL. Yeah. That is, that's the model right there. I, yeah. And, um, I know that that's going to leave some people out, but you're really close. I mean, I 
I guess you drop Rutgers and Vanderbilt, right? Yeah. And you bring uh-huh. in you bring in Oregon and Clemson and you call it good. And yeah. you know, throw in Notre Dame because you're gonna have to have Notre Dame. But you have to. I, I just I think this is going the direction of a super league. I think we are because forget the playoff expansion. If I'm these two teams, I'm demanding that any playoff expansion, if you go to 12 teams, has to include three from the SEC and three from the Big Ten. Oh, yeah, of course. That's of a course, there's no, way, there's no way you can leave those schools out. It's a minimum that Oklahoma and Texas are playing for one of three spots every single year in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Because it's no longer a power five anymore. You cannot look at the Big 12 as it will be constructed in 2024 or whatever and say that that's in any way on equal footing with either of these leagues, especially the SEC, but now now the Big 10. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I mean, look, for I know what you guys think about Lincoln Riley, but I think he's going to get it rolling there. USC. You, don't think, you don't think he's scared of the Big Ten? You don't think he's scared of Ohio State? I don't think he's scared of Ohio State. No, you, you already smacked him up there in Columbus. Yeah, it was with Bob Stoops players. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I don't know. I had a great I, game plan, though. I great ne- game plan. I've never breathed a bigger sigh of relief than when uh, than this news came out, and I was like, oh, thank God we're going to the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it would be such an uneasy – such an uneasy feeling. Can you imagine with Florida State and, you know, Miami, Oregon, Clemson. all the other teams? Yeah. But honestly, I, I'm, a super, I, I'm a big football fan, obviously. We both are. And I, sometimes I root for the underdog. I, I think BYU's coming to the Big 12. I root for yeah. BYU. I, I think they're going to do great. I've got great. family ties to BYU. I, I, I love rooting for BYU. Um, I, I like rooting for Louisiana. Formerly, formerly La, where my brother went to school. Um, so there's schools that I root for that aren't part of the, you know, the inner sanctum or whatever. But I, I don't know who else gets invited to this thing. And I'm really, I mean, I just can't imagine that you're going to have these two 16 team leagues, and they're even going to want to play in a playoff that somehow includes Arizona State. Yeah. And wait and uh, Wake Forest. I mean, I just I can't even imagine that go through an SEC schedule with undefeated with one loss, only to lose in shocking fashion to the likes of Central Florida or something like that. Well, that's exactly right. We, that's exactly right. I listen. I think I think Oklahoma and Texas are perfectly positioned for what will uh, mark my words on on June thirtieth, twenty twenty two at some point become a super league. Yeah. Break away from the NCAA, break away from all of that uh, constraints. Big 10 will, big 10 will be your, uh, your station, you know, your broadcasting partner for the, I mean, I'm sorry, Fox will be your broadcasting partner for the big 10 ESPN will be the broadcasting partner for the sec and they'll rotate the, the championship games every other year. I mean, it just makes so much sense. It It really does. Yeah. It's hard to argue against it. It's hard to argue against it, and I love it. I love where we're going. But first, this is supposed to be, Kevin, about 
Kevin, why is the phone ringing on a Monday? You know, I really don't know. This doesn't this really This is happen. a high-quality production. We've never had this issue. No, we have not. All right. You know what? You know why it's ringing, Kevin? Because you want to know why? Huh? Because people need our help here at Brown O'Hare. They need 405-735-5510, Brown O'Haver. Somebody is calling this number right now because they are getting screwed by their insurance company. Because the insurance company, Kevin, is not paying what they should be paying. And yes, they are not on their side at all. And Kevin, what does Brown O'Haver do when that situation we, confronts our clients? We get them paid. We Yes! We get them paid if you're out there and you're wondering why the phone is busy right now. It's because it's been ringing off the hook all day. People have been calling 405-735-5510 because they want money from their insurance company that is due them. So call us. Call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. Let us work for you, not the insurance company. I hope that was a good segue from the ringing telephone and hopefully it doesn't beat back in. But if it does, it's a reminder to all of you out there to call us. Uh, it was a call. You're getting, you're getting screwed by your insurance company. I'm just telling you, call us. Uh, last week we talked quarterbacks. Yeah. And uh, included in those quarterbacks were um, some recruits. We talked to little Jackson. We Arnold, did. Talked to little Nick Evers. Talked um, uh Quinn Ewers, those guys. And that led me, the net, the next natural extension of that conversation, Kevin, is to talk about the new players that are coming in for both of us in the 2022 class, what fans have to look forward to, and probably something you're going to be fired up to talk about is the yes. 2023 recruiting class and how things are shaking out. And it's changing every second. Um, it is. Let's start with 2022. Texas fan, you were ranked fifth overall in the country. Who in your class? You have 28 enrollees, which I think includes transfers. I'm using uh, yeah. I'm using rivals here. This is 24 seven, right? This 24 seven. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah I'm using 24 uh-huh. seven on the 24 seven rankings, or either of the rankings. Who are you excited about in the 2022 class? Who does Texas fan want to look for? And who does Oklahoma fan want to know who to hate next? Okay, well, usually it doesn't work this way, but it's offensive linemen for Texas. They've struggled up front, and they've struggled up front for a while. But they bring in, they're bringing in some dudes, okay? Kelvin Banks out of Houston. He's probably going to be a left tackle. I expect him to either start – right away or at some point during this season to be Texas starting left tackle. It is very hard for a true freshman to be a starting offensive lineman for a program like Texas or Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's a bit of, it's twofold, right? It's the fact that they've struggled up front and they need the talent and he's just incredibly talented player. So I expect him also got another offensive lineman, Devin Campbell. All right, he's out of the Arlington area. Another five-star offensive lineman. He'll probably play guard. He could play tackle too, maybe right tackle. But I expect him to play guard. Expect him to be a starter this year. It's big for Texas because again, they've struggled up front for a while now. No drafted offensive lineman. You know, just Connor Williams, the only lineman they've had drafted 
the last decade. How many offensive How many offensive linemen did y'all get in this class? Uh, six. That's that's impressive. Honestly, yeah. that's um, that's an impressive way to look at uh, recruiting. And um, this, I'm going to take a minute and bash Lincoln Riley. I just think he chased stars and didn't chase substance. We've got, we consistently had highly ranked recruiting classes, but they were all in the receivers. They were all in the skill positions. They were usually highlighted by a quarterback, two of which aren't, two of his recruits, which aren't even playing anymore uh, at OU. And to see Texas recruiting in the offensive line and recruiting well in the offensive line has to make Oklahoma fan nervous in 2022 and, and beyond. You know, and also, and I will say, you know, the NIL had something to do with this too, you know, but again, this is how it is now. So you got to play the game. What, NIL's uh, there, make it happen. Are you, are you aware of the system of how Texas, does Texas have like a program for NIL established? Do you know? They do. They, do. they started one specifically for offensive linemen. I think they call it a pancake factory. It's a kind of a charitable thing. So. It certainly helped. Is that the fifty thousand? Is it fifty thousand a year? Something like that. Yeah. Uh huh. Which, I mean, it sounds like a Texas thing to do to come up with something named the Pancake Factory, uh, but at the same time, that doesn't that doesn't seem unreasonable to me in the world of NIL. Like, I completely if, agree. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how sustainable that is, but at the same time. Now, are they are they required to perform charitable? Is that is that, is that okay? So that's similar to Oklahoma's collective, right? Where yes, they can sign up and earn in parentheses earn money uh, via doing charitable work, which I think kind of goes against counter to charitable work, but whatever. Um, Fifty thousand dollars, pretty good, and. Yet at the same time, just doesn't seem that crazy to me. It seems pretty reasonable. No, I think other schools are willing to pay the same, if not more, for ultra-talented offensive line. Okay. Outside of the trenches, who is OU looking to hate next? Well, you know, they've got a receiver, a kid named Brennan Thompson. Spearman, Texas, small town, 2A football. Um, but he's a track state champion in the 100 and 200 meters. And he's a guy who's going to play right away. Now, he probably won't start because they have a lot of depth at receiver. He's a guy I think who will come in for a few plays and just kind of run deep and get him the ball in space and see what he can make happen. Is he in uh, a Xavier Worthy mold? Is he that yes. kind of player? Is he bigger yeah, he's or that smaller? Kind of player. No, he's a smaller guy, about 5'10", 5'11", 165, 170. Hollywood Brown type. Okay. I don't know if he's as fast as that. Hollywood was incredible, but... But that's who, bill. that's who we're looking at. Yeah. Um, and Sarkeesian, you think you, you like Sarkeesian's uh, offensive system for a player like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen what he's done with receivers, you know, at Alabama and then at Texas. I mean, and Xavier Worthy, as a true freshman, to be first team all Big 12, you just rarely see that from any player. To yeah. Be first team all conference of receiver as a true freshman. I, and to be the guy, he was the guy for Texas. It's not like okay. he was. A complimentary guy. No, he was their number one receiver from the jump. The first play in the Cotton Bowl yesterday should tell you all you need to know. I mean, that guy yeah. was so fast and electric. 
it's going to take all of Brent Venable's defense to figure out how to defend him and to find out there's a, potentially another one of him maybe on the other side or running out of the slot or doing whatever. Yeah, they're, is, they're loaded at receiver this year. They're, that's they're concerning. Loaded. Yeah, that's concerning. All right, Oklahoma, 2022. We are bringing in – we were ranked 10th. Okay. Um, 22 enrollees, so significantly less – Kevin, I am not a recruiting expert by any means. Um, but what does it indicate about the two programs when an Oklahoma signs 22 or has 22 enrollees between um, between new recruits and transfers and Texas has 28 enrollees? What can I read into that? Well, you can read that Texas has a lot of attrition. You know, it's not just that they're bringing in more players because – if you're bringing in more players, because you have more players leaving. So sometimes you can have a large senior class that, that's leaving. But with Texas, anytime you have, you know, the, a coaching change, you're going to lose players, right? So when okay. you lose players, that just opens up more scholarships, but allows the coaches to sign more players. So, so that's oh, why the class is so high. So when I look at 22, and I just want – I mean, because a lot of that ranking, you get points for having more players. Yes. Now, I believe they do it up to a point. Okay. You know, so yeah. Um, so anyway, Oklahoma ranked 10th. Um, guys, I'm fired up about Javante Barnes jumps off the page. We saw him in the spring game. Yeah. Eric Gray is a serviceable back. And and I hope I hope that maybe Levy has a plan for him to turn him into something a little more dynamic. But based off of last year, I'm not fired up. I'm not fired up if Eric Gray is our guy. You know, I think we all expected a little bit more than, than what we got from him. I was a fan of him at Tennessee. But was, um, it, was he any different at Tennessee? Well, no, but I thought the difference would be playing in Lincoln Riley's scheme and the way he's used running backs, especially in the passing game. You know, I, I just expected a little bit more. Well, last year. I, I don't think they used him very well, but at the same time, even when he did get the ball, he did look good in the in – the, um, Alamo Bowl, but I yeah. was a depleted Oregon team when it came to defense. I mean, not not that it wasn't super exciting to watch, but it was they didn't have Thibodeau or anybody like that. Um, but at the same time, for OU fan, we all want Marcus Major, you know, local kid, supposed to be a stud. At the same time, why not yet, right? Why not yet? So that kind of leaves us with Javante Barnes. He looked like the real deal in the spring game. He did. I like this power. I was impressed. Yeah, he looked like a strong runner. And if what you're talking about in terms of Levy's offense is is hitting that that lead that lead play yeah. over and over again, he looks like a dude that can do that. So Javante Barnes has me excited. I'll tell you the other guy that has me uh, fired up is Caden Helms. Because, He's a tight end out of Nebraska, right? Yes. Oklahoma has historically had really good production out of that H-back tight end position. Uh, but we've over the years, though, over the last couple of years, we lost Calcaterra, who was just a stud. Tell me about it. He had yeah. some injury issues and that sort of thing. But, man, he was a stud. Yeah, that Big 12 catch he made in the Big yeah, 12 championship game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it I didn't see him go to still does, by the way. To see him go to SMU and have success, just it's like a you know, and get drafted. Yeah, yeah, good for him. And so, yeah, great. Congratulate, thank you for leaving. And then you've got Stogner, another transfer, another really good player that never really hit his stride. 
again, injuries. There was some kind of weird kind of injury. But to lose him means there's a real spot there. We got Braden Willis, who is a stud, yeah. and I'm excited about him being there. But we're going to need production, and I think a Caden Helms. And we've got another tight end, right? But he's just a three – he's another. He's a three-star. Yeah, Jason Llewellyn, right, the kid from Alito. The kid from Alito. That's exactly right. So, so we've got that. And then, of course, we've got uh, Nick Evers, who I hope – doesn't play a significant role for us this year. But in the event of any kind of unfortunate circumstance around Dylan Gabriel, I think he's our backup, which makes him a very important player in this recruiting class because it was a last-minute switch, a last-minute pickup for Levy, um, kind of secured and calmed the waters for Oklahoma fan. Yeah, very Um, important, Flip. Very important. Oh, pivotal. I mean, it really is pivotal. And – so I'm excited for an OU fan. I'm ex- I, I, I'm excited might be too strong a word. I am content. I am at ease with this class. I think it's the right class. We've got good players. Um, but at the same time, it lacks it lacks some of the pop that y'all had, even though your pop kind of comes in the, the form of offensive linemen. That I, I do understand that. But I do want to say when you have a transition class, right, when you have an unexpected – coaching change to finish with a 10th ranked class, even yeah. after an unexpected transition, I got to say it's pretty good. I think you guys were able to hold on yeah. to some guys who easily could have flipped, who maybe didn't know Brent Venables had been recruited by him at Clemson. So guys could have flipped and a lot of guys stayed. I mean, Gavin Sawchuck running back out of the Denver area. I mean, yeah, he could have gone almost anywhere in the country, you know, and he's still stuck. With his pledge, you got guys like Gentry Williams coming in, Robert Spears Jennings, who I think is very underrated, out of Broken Arrow. So, well, Gentry, Gentry, Gentry Williams is a really nice segue for us, um, because he's a Tulsa kid. Yeah, number one player in the state. We transition to talk about the twenty twenty three class. Kevin, Oklahoma is losing players out of the state, specifically out of the 918. You know, we've kind of seen that historically, right? I mean, Dax Hill and um, Proctor. Yeah, Josh Proctor out of Tulsa going to Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, the receiver's name is, is, is it Cade? What's the receiver that we just lost? Oh, oh um, Adams, right? To, went to Alabama. Cole Adams. Cole Adams. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the problem. The problem with losing it to Alabama is all it does is remind you of Josh Jacobs. Oh, did you know he was from Tulsa? I didn't. You know what? That's what kind of crappy OU fan I am is I didn't know that dude was from Tulsa until he ran all over our ass. And all they did during that broadcast is constantly remind you he was from Tulsa. Yeah, don't remind. Yeah, they they let you know about 20 times during the broadcast that he was from Tulsa. It's like, we know. We get it. My point being is, okay, so now we're talking 2023. New coaching staff. We're building it up, but Kevin, we are currently ranked 42nd in recruiting. Now, a lot can change. I get all of that, but that makes me nervous. It makes me concerned because when I look at your recruiting ranking, and this does not include two recent four stars, you are ranked fifth. And you've got a five-star and, I don't know, nine four-stars, ten four-stars signed. 
it's been a great start. You know, when you pull the number one ranked player in the country, guys just seem to follow suit. So, I mean, is he the number one? Is he the number one ranked country we talk, uh, receiver? We talked a little bit about Arch. This is Arch Manning we're talking about. We talked a little bit about Arch last week. So he doesn't go to any camps. Yeah, and the complaint the, and the complaint is he doesn't play any competitions. Playing small ball school or small school ball in Louisiana, is he definitively the number one quarterback in the country? I mean, who knows? I mean, the talent's there. Anytime you see him throw the football, he can sling it. He doesn't go to a lot of camps. He was at the obviously at the Manning uh, Passing Academy. There's some little bit of footage of him there throwing it around. He's got the size. He can make all the throws. I mean, he went to. Peyton Manning went to the same school. Eli Manning went to the same school. They're both, you know, it, top players in the country, had great careers. If if it was just Arch Manning that you had signed, I would not be this concerned, okay? If it's just Arch Manning, I'm almost salivating. No, I am. I'm salivating over Arch Manning because to me, it's Chrissy Sims 2.0. It's highly rated quarterback with the name recognition Golden-haired boy showing up in Texas in the 40 acres or whatever y'all call it, and we're just going to roll him. I mean, I could, envision a, I could envision a scenario where he's there for three years and doesn't throw a touchdown pass. Now, probably not. I think it's uh, Yeah, I, I seriously doubt that. Yeah. But, but I'm not freaking out about Arch Manning. He's not a dual threat. He's not going to run around on you. Like some of these quarterbacks, he's a decent years. athlete. I mean, he's not Caleb Williams. I don't. He's, he's not I don't a statue. He, I don't even think he's Jackson Arnold when it comes no, to being no, an athlete. No, Jackson Arnold, no, he's he's a and different type of guy. Jackson Arnold at the Elite Eleven camp is apparently tearing it up. Apparently, he's being voted MVP of the camp. Oh, he's a stud. I mean, yeah, no one's. I don't have one bad thing to say about uh, no about Jackson Arnold. I think Jackson Arnold – my point being, if you were getting Jackson Arnold, I think I'd be more nervous than with Arch Manning. But it's not just Arch Manning. It's Derek Williams, four-star. Jonte Cook, four-star. Ryan Niblett, four-star. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Jamil ja- Johnson. You know how many four-stars Oklahoma has in 2023? How many? We have one, Kevin. One four-star. And if, and, if they, and if they bump Jackson to a five-star, he's a five-star, which I think he probably will be bumped after the Elite Eleven. Yeah. One four-star. That's what makes me nervous right now. Yeah. It well, is see, the middle the of the summer. We've had our champ U barbecues. We've had all our stuff. Kevin, why in the world can Oklahoma fan even think about being okay with being ranked in the 40th ranking? Well, there's still time. There's still there's still lots of uncommitted guys out there that you're gonna get. Jaquise Petaway, high four-star receiver out of Houston. Texas really wants him. He visited Texas. I still think he ends up at OU. There's several four and five star guys that um, that are considering OU, and I think you get them. So okay. now you won't. This class will not be as high ranked as Texas is. But when you pull in an Arch Manning, look, he's the number one ranked player in the country, right? Every recruiting service has him ranked as such. Well, and you've got the you know all joking aside, he's still a Manning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And. I think the biggest thing about this is it's not just getting the number one player in the country. It's getting Arch Manning, which means the Manning family has given Texas and Steve Sarkeesian their stamp of approval. Right. And this is a kid. They're not going to make any type of impulse decisions. 
he can get massive NIL deals wherever he goes, right? So he yeah. literally could have picked any school in the country. And he picked Texas, and he picked Texas over Alabama and Georgia, the reigning national champions. So that's going to get the attention of a lot of recruits out there. Okay, if he's coming, you know, I got to give them a second look, even if I wasn't 100% considering them. Okay, so that I, you make a great point. This, the, the Manning stamp of approval is a great point that you make. But here's my, here's my follow-up or, you know, or dig or whatever you want to call it, okay? Is all that to be said, why did he choose Texas? Because Hold on, hold on just a second. Because you just went through the litany of places he could have gone. Anywhere. Yeah. He could have played at Georgia. Okay, maybe they don't develop quarterbacks great. He could have been the one great quarterback at Georgia. He could have gone to Alabama where they have developed quarterbacks fairly well. He could have gone to any school that he wanted to go to. And he picks a five and seven Texas coached by Steve Sarkeesian, who I, I can acknowledge that he did a tremendous job as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Okay. I don't want to take that away, but uh-huh. he had tremendous talent, tremendous culture, tremendous recruiting, his, his USC performances were not exceptional. He didn't do no. anything at Washington, anything at USC, except get fired. So what makes somebody say, oh, Steve Sarkeesian, he's the guy that gets the Manning stamp of approval? Because it just seems a little weird to me, other than it's Texas, and Texas is so big, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, what do you think? Well, okay, He's always they the family has always had a great relationship with Steve Sarkeesian. Okay, going back always like where where would they have intersected since Um, since Arch was a freshman? So you're saying okay, so relationship with them. So Sarkeesian was recruiting him at Alabama. That's what you're saying. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. Then it kind of goes back. They've always the Manning's have always loved Austin. Back when Eli was a recruit, he visited Texas. Apparently, the entire family loved it in Austin. This is way back then. So they've already always had an affinity for the city of Austin. Well, just for the record, real estate prices have jumped tremendously since. What would that have been? Oh two, oh three. Probably two thousand. I would say the Mannings can afford it. I'm sure they they're fine. What, when when would that have recruiting class have been? With um, Eli. With Eli. Yeah, I think in 2000. Was that Chris Sims' recruiting class, or was he already no, on campus? No, he was 99. Yeah, Sims was already there. Okay. Yeah. Is, that, is Chris Sims the reason y'all didn't get Eli Manning, you think? You know, I think he just wanted to go to Ole Miss because of where his, where his dad went. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Family ties well, that's there. interesting. Um, that's an interesting take. So, and then Arch, apparently, he wants to just be a college student. He wants to enjoy the entire college life. Okay. So I know he really liked Austin and he really liked Athens, okay? But I think what it came down to was the systems. I mean, as good as Georgia has been, national champions, you're not good. they don't win by throwing the ball around. No. Arch is not going to no, – I mean, and again, they've had super talented guys. Jacob Eason, five-star. Justin Fields. I mean, he chose Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. And then – he has JT Daniels, who's a five-star, 
and they play Stetson Bennett over JT Daniels. So, I mean, Kirby Smart has shown that, you know, he's not going to win by throwing the ball around. He wants to run, 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 and hit a little play action every now and then. So I don't think the system is one that he wanted to play in. And you I think, think it came you down think to it, he liked Austin over, over Tuscaloosa and that. I mean, he loved Athens, but if it was Texas and Alabama, he liked Austin over Tuscaloosa, and he liked Sark's system over what Georgia was, what Georgia has to offer from an offensive system. Well, that's fascinating, Kevin. Thank you for that breakdown of Arch Manning's inner thoughts on why he likes Austin. You know what, OU fan, if you're out there and you're listening, and I hope you are on all of the places you can find the Boomer Bebo podcast, that alone should describe why he's the next person we're going to hate. Because the fact that he went to Austin because he likes Austin, that's insane. It's insane, go Kevin. Happy. No, all go you have, happy, man. all you have is liberal mask wearing people that drive up real estate prices, have really expensive food, terrible traffic, and a five and seven football team. But if oh, Orange Manning likes that, then I guess that's where we're at. Hey, you wait and see. Okay. All right. All right. They're building something. Listen, we're getting ready for the SEC. All right. And that's, what concern, and that's what concerns me yeah. about Oklahoma's recruiting right now. Yeah. Is that I have to give it to Texas. I think you're doing it the right way with the offensive linemen. You're building for the future. I think the Arch Manning win is we, we you know, we'll see how good a player he is. And, and I think the concerns, I think the skepticism can be legitimate even, even when said in jest, but everything else is looking really solid for you guys. And that's what has me is, is we've got to get it out of our brain that we're not just competing in the big 12. Then in yeah. two more years, we don't get to play K-State and Iowa State and Kansas and Texas Tech anymore. That our schedule is going to be Georgia and Bama and A&M and LSU. That we don't just get to roll out with these three-star kids with a lot of heart. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And, and with Texas, again, the results haven't been there. But, you know, just, it appears that they're building towards something. I mean, you obviously have to get the results on the field. Right. But I like the way the program is being built. And let's not forget now, like when when Texas does get it rolling, they get it rolling. They get it rolling. So Yeah, it was oh nine. Oh nine you got it rolling. Here's the thing. I will say this. We've got all the resource we can't complain about resources at Oklahoma anymore. We've got a coach and director of football operations and recruiting coordinators that have been there, done that at championship winning teams. Okay. So this was always the, this was always the joke with Lincoln Riley, right? Is it was, it, 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 it evolved into Texas tech North. It was all these guys that came from Texas tech or, you know, these random schools, mainly Texas tech. And that's who was leading our school. Right. Which is yeah. a, as a Texas fan, you know what I'm talking about. I do. If we're hoping that Texas Tech, Texas Tech, the culture of Tech is going to help us win national championships, I mean, probably not going to happen. Yeah. But now, what we've got is we have Brent Venables, who's got national, who, who's got national championship experience at Oklahoma, more more recent national championship experience at Clemson, winning a national championship, recruiting and building rosters that compete against SEC teams. 
The difference is going to be, though, Kevin, is Clemson had to beat one SEC team. Yeah. Right? We don't get the luxury of building to beat one SEC team. We have to beat eight SEC teams. And that's where the numbers are going to come from, right? That's, that's, it, that's what makes me concerned about what Texas is building and what we're not building. Does that make sense? Am I making no, sense does. or am I yeah, talking crazy? No, no, no. You're not talking crazy. I mean, you do talk crazy at times. Thank you. Okay, but that, right now you're not. Look, you got to have the dudes, okay? You're not going to beat teams by just being tough. I mean, our own Barry Switzer says it's the Jimmys and Joes. Yeah. And right it's now, not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmys and Joes. Right now, we've got three stars. Those are not Jimmys or Joes. Those are like Jadens or something. You know what I'm saying? It's like... <laughs> I want I want five star dudes. I want four star guys. I want them just, you know, because here's the deal. Like you talk about your offensive linemen, you got two five star offensive linemen. There's a good chance one of them isn't any good. Yeah. But that makes the other one's chance really good that that guy's going to be a stud. And that's the what five, makes the hit rate for five stars is higher than any other position, right? The data is there. Listen, I love the guys at 1400 KREF and 94.7, the ref in Oklahoma City. They have got us on Podomatic. And we are getting over 300 views per episode. I love those guys. And Great guys. I get the opportunity on July 8th to um, kind of semi get to host with Tyler McComas and, for the afternoon rush. And I'm, I'm fired up about it. But listening to them defend the lackluster recruiting performance has got me pulling my hair out. What little hair I have left under my hair, under my head. And the little whiskers on my chin, I am literally going crazy when they're like, well, we still beat Texas every year, so we shouldn't be worried about it. I'm worried about it. I don't want to lose to Texas, and I don't want to be freaking ranked 40th. That sounds like stuff Oklahoma State says. Yeah, you can't, you can't live off the past, right, when it comes to – Absolutely not. We've got know. to get stuff figured out right now. Now, listen, I hope that in three episodes when we do our season preview that I am able to get on here and say I was completely wrong and we're now ranked 15th. And we've got five dudes. The recruiting will improve. I have no doubt about that. Now, again, Texas will have a high rank class this year, right? But again, your recruiting will improve this season. There are guys out there who will be joining your class. When, Good you, when Kevin Miller is the voice of reason for Oklahoma football, that should tell you something's weird right there about the recruiting. When you're telling me that it's all going to be okay, it makes me think that you know it's not going to be okay. And we're going to spiral. Well, I mean, I, I can hope that it's not going to be. And we're, and we're going to spiral into irrelevance. I don't know. You guys aren't going to be. Well, I mean, <laughs> thing, you're blue blood. You, you'll still be relevant, even if you're not relevant. It's like Texas, right? Five hey. and seven, but you can't say they're irrelevant. To, to, to bring this show full circle, you know why we're going to be relevant? Because we're in SEC that? now, baby. SEC. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The rest of it doesn't matter. It just means more, right? Thank the, thank the good Lord that more. we screwed the entire Big 12 and, and, and both teams just jumped ship. I love it. Yeah. Hey, man, this was fun. Um, where can they hear us or watch us, Kevin? Okay, obviously you might be watching this on YouTube. All right, but you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Anywhere you get podcasts, you can find us there. And don't forget the support. And don't forget the Podomatic page at 1400 KREF or 94.7.
uh, their Podomatic page has all of their podcasts and they include ours. So it's uh, we're getting great response from that. And we really appreciate those guys. Over and there we'd appreciate a five-star review. Um, give us a like if you're watching on YouTube. If you enjoy it, please consider subscribing. We would appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Um, Kevin, at the end of every show, I usually make some snarky comment about social media and not having it. Should we talk about the fact that we are considering having a Twitter page that I might have access to? We got to do it, man. We got to reach people. I think the fear is real for me that I might go insane if I ever get truly involved in Twitter world. It's fun, man. Are you sure? Yeah. Does yeah. the fact that Musk is now going to be the owner, should that make me feel better or worse? Um, probably or no, worse, or no difference. maybe a little worse, but I don't know. I don't know much about him when it comes to that. So, I think his kid disowned him, which is always a sad story. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's too much time building the, the cars of the future, you know? Spend some time with your kid. Go and play rockets. catch. Don't forget the rockets. I mean... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot people to the moon. I mean, it's yeah. fantastic. Uh, all right. In the meantime, my MySpace is still up. So if you have any complaints about the show, please get it on. John doesn't give a you know what on MySpace.com. Uh, Kevin, this was super fun. Yes, I'm fired up. I, I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't this fired up to talk about recruiting. And then and then we started talking about it. I got fired up. So I appreciate it. Uh, it was a blast. Uh, we'll talk next time. Boomer. Welcome. Okay.